Take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 5. And once you found your place there in Galatians chapter 5, also turn over to James chapter 3. Before we get going here, reminder of family camp registrations. Get those turned in as soon as you can. Also, we need choir to have choir practice again this afternoon for required members, please. And then also, just a just a, a quick note. Um, apparently, apparently these plants up here are pretty finicky, and uh, if you mess with them, they will die. We don't want our plants to die. So if you uh, if you see some branches that don't look right on it, don't take it upon yourself to take them off. I'll leave that to Ms. Julie. She's she's the, the plant whisperer. And so we're just going to leave that to her to take care of it. So I don't know if someone is or what, but if you see it, don't worry about it. It'll get taken care of. And um, we don't want our plants to die. I'm not a plant person. I mean, I like them, but uh, I probably wouldn't, couldn't be trusted to keep it alive. I'm actually better with kids. I mean, surprisingly enough. So uh, at least I think. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> None of mine have died yet. But uh, trying to get Megan out so that way she's, I'm not responsible for her anymore. But I'm kidding. It was a joke. It was, honey, I'm sorry. Honey, I'm sorry. It was just a joke. <laughs> uh, someone was giving me a hard time about, uh, what was it? Oh, because you're such a sweet person, but you kind of hide it and you cover it up. And you should, should not do that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how I get myself into these problems. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that have crucified the flesh, or excuse me, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I'm going to focus in on one thing, but the idea behind this passage is if you're saved and the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you need to live like it. You need to live with the control of the Holy Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God will and wants to produce particular things in your life. Those things that the Spirit of God wants to produce or give is love and joy and peace. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering, gentleness. He wants you to be a gentle person. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those are all things that we cannot generate ourselves. Uh, those are fruits that the Spirit of God produces. And so if we're saved and the Spirit of God lives in us, it is God's will that we live this way and let the Spirit of God produce these things in us. I want you to go to James chapter 3 now. James chapter 3 and verse 17. The Bible says, But the wisdom that is from above 
is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The thing that I want us to focus on this afternoon is the idea or the subject of gentleness. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. James 3 says that the wisdom that is from above is peaceable and it's gentle. When you operate with people and your relationships with people that is controlled by the Spirit of God, there's going to be peaceableness and gentleness in those relationships. And so I want to talk to you about this subject of of gentleness. Gentleness is simply kindness. Um, The same Greek word in the New Testament that is translated as gentleness is often translated as kindness. Being a gentle person or the kind of gentleness that the Bible speaks of is talking about kindness. It's been said that a person's position is often not as offensive as a person's disposition. In other words, you can take some strong positions on some things, and that's okay and that's fine, but often that's not as offensive as the manner that you go about standing on that position. Does that make sense? How we treat others and how we act towards others can make all the difference in the world when it comes to actually speaking about what we really believe. People aren't going to hear, don't want to hear, if our manner in which we stand on a position is more offensive than the position we hold. And we can be guilty of that in self-righteousness. Oh, I'm just standing on the Word of God. I'm standing on the Word of God. But your manner in which you stand keeps anybody else from being benefited from it. Does that make sense? And so we can, we can definitely become guilty of that in our zeal for wanting to be faithful and true to the Word of God. And it's good to have a strong position, but the Word of God also commands us to be gentle too. And so in our faithfulness to the Word of God, we cannot uh, fail to, to consider this side of it. Okay, And so... This is where we're going to go this afternoon and relate it to our relationships. In the commentary uh, on Galatians 5.22, one commentator said this that I thought was very good. He linked gentleness and goodness together. And he said, gentleness and goodness speak of the quality of being upright, but also thoughtful in the way that we behave towards others so as to be positively a benefit to them. The quality of goodness and gentleness seem at first glance to be similar. The words in Greek can in fact both be translated as goodness, but there is a subtle difference between them. The word translated goodness speaks here of a moral impulse that seeks what God would want for someone else or seeks what God desires in a particular circumstance while the word translated as gentleness or kindness refers more to the manner in which that goodness is sought. And this is exactly what I was just talking about. We can have a zeal to stand on the Word of God, and that's goodness, but the gentleness part of it is is a balance to it. Because the manner in which we stand also is equally important. The manner in which that goodness is sought is is something that the Spirit of God also wants to control. 
We all know certain Christians who are devoted people, but they're characterized by an earnest pursuit of God's will for themselves and the lives of others. But in the pursuit of that, they often fail to be gracious and kind in the way that they pursue it. And so while they mean well, they often tend to leave a lot of hurt and embittered people in their wake. There's a bumper sticker that I have seen personally myself that says, God, please rescue me from your followers. That should never ever be said of a Christian where they have the demeanor that the people in the world uh, uh, feel like or, or, or uh, consider them to be uh, those that they need to be rescued from. I read that Mark Twain uh, had a statement that he made one time, and maybe, maybe these kinds of people were in his mind when he said this, but Mark Twain said uh, that he, he spoke of those who were good in the worst sense of the word. <laughs> if there's, there's Baptists that are like that. Strong Baptists, they're good, but in the worst sense of the word. That's not Christ-like. That's not the Spirit of God controlling. And so there's, there's, these are twin qualities. The quality of kindness and goodness. They're very important balances to one another. Goodness insists on that which is good, but kindness tempers the way in which such a pursuit is engaged so that people are genuinely blessed and benefited and built up by that pursuit. Kindness without goodness, that can be wimpy and accommodating towards sin. It's like a gentle, kind person. Without goodness, it can be wimpy and accommodating towards sin. However, goodness without kindness can be harsh and legalistic toward people. Well, praise God that the Spirit of God produces both of those qualities in us if we let Him. Amen? And so I want to talk about this idea of being gentle uh, this afternoon. I, I think a good example of a person who had convictions, uh, who stood on principle but was also kind, is, is somebody like Daniel. The Bible says that even though Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat, the Bible also says that Daniel still requested, instead of demanding, that to be so. Daniel 1.8, but Daniel purposed in his heart. There's that conviction of goodness that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. There's a good mixture, a good balance of both kindness or goodness and gentleness at the same time. So what is gentleness? Good working definition of gentleness is this. Kindness displayed in a sweet disposition moral excellence in our demeanor. And this definition applies to all areas of our relationships with others. Kindness displayed in a sweet disposition, moral excellence in our demeanor towards others. So a couple of things that we want to draw out here this afternoon. First of all, number one, we need to understand that gentleness itself originates with God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It originates with God. 
Gentleness comes from God Himself. The fruit of God, uh, the Spirit, is gentleness. Every one of the fruits of the Spirit are not only what God does, it's who God is. It's what He is. Gentleness or kindness as defined uh, is, is simply God's character. Kindness is God's character. That's who He is. Aren't you glad that God is kind toward you? I sure am, because I don't deserve it. I know that. He's a God of great kindness, in fact. The Bible says in Nehemiah 9, in verse 16, But they and our fathers dealt proudly, and hardened their necks, and hearkened not to thy commandments, and refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage, But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. How undeserving. And yet the Bible tells us, in spite of that, God is a God of great kindness. He's a God of everlasting kindness. Isaiah 54 and verse 8 says, "In, In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. God's kindness is never going to run out. Everlasting kindness. You know how different that is from you and me? I'm kind. Generally speaking, I'm kind to people uh, uh, until, until I find out that they're not so kind to me. All of a sudden, my kindness starts to run out. That's not who God is. He's a God of merciful kindness. Psalm 117.2, For His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord for His merciful kindness. Amen? Psalm 119.76, Let I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word unto thy servant. He's a God of marvelous kindness. Psalm 31.21, Blessed be the Lord, for He hath showed me His marvelous kindness in a strong city. Look over at Luke chapter 6 with me. Turn over to Luke 6. Look at verses 35 and 36. The Bible says, But love ye your enemies and do good. Jesus is saying these words, giving instruction. And, and, and listen, friend, this afternoon, let the Word of God be instruction for us, okay? Let the Word of God teach us in how we ought to have dealings one with another, our relationships to each other. Jesus gives instruction, but love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil, be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. He says, this is the instruction to do this and to live this way, even with your enemies, and then those uh, that that are not your enemies, and how you should treat them, and, and do this because God is kind even to the unthankful and to the evil, and so you be the same way. As Christians, as children of God, we should do as He has done. And it will be displayed 
that way if we have a Spirit-filled life because the Spirit of God produces the fruit of kindness in our life. Somebody who's not kind in general and they're typically cranky and snarky and they don't have a lot of good things to say to people or about people are not people who are, at least in those times, filled with the Spirit of God or controlled by the Spirit of God. Because the fruit of the Spirit of God is kindness, gentleness. That's a work of the flesh. It's the opposite. Right? You hear? Okay. Let the Word of God instruct us. The second thing we want to point out here, then, is that not only is gentleness originating with God, but gentleness or kindness is also commanded of God. Look in Titus chapter 1, please. Titus chapter 1. The Bible says in Titus 1 and verse 5, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now, what was, what was the reason that Paul left Titus there in Crete? So that he should set things in order in the church, the things that are wanting. Okay, now skip over to chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 in verse 1. Put them, who's them? The church, in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. <clears throat> Paul said to, Tim, to Titus, I want you to put some things in order that are wanting in the church. I want you to remind the people to put them in mind. This is how they ought to live out in public. This is how they ought to live toward government. This is how they ought to live towards one another, to be not to be brawlers, but to be gentle, uh, to be kind in their demeanor, to show meekness unto all men. It is something that is commanded of God as a believer. So then... It's not okay for us to take the attitude like, well, this is just me. Someone even brings it up. Your character, friend, is that you're not very kind. You're really snarky. You say some bad things, some hard things to people. You got a rotten attitude about things. Well, that's just me. If you don't like it, lump it. No, that is not okay with God. It's a command. And if we take that attitude, and this is how I'm going to, this is just going to be me, we're living in disobedience to the will of the Lord. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, in verse 12. In this context, we see the old man and the new man. Verse 8 tells us to put off the old man. What things are, are, are characteristic of the old man? Anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy communication out of your mouth and lying and, and all of these, these things. Verse 10 says, put on the new man instead, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of Christ, the one who's created us. You get down to verse 12 and, and, and the instruction is put on, therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, 
humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. It's a command of the Lord. I think that's the, 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 the idea and the thought here. This is the instruction for the new man as opposed to the old man. We're not to live according to the flesh or the old man anymore. The Spirit of God will and wants to produce kindness in His people. Gentleness. There are a lot of things that keep us from being gentle. Pride, for example. Pride will keep us from being gentle or kind, similar to what I just described about a person whose character is this, and it's even brought up to them, but their reaction is, well, it's just who I am. It's just my personality. You don't like it? Too bad. That's pride. Selfishness will also keep us from being kind or gentle towards others because we're more consumed with what I need and what I want or what I think I need and what I want. And if I'm not getting it from you, rather than thinking about the needs of other people, the emotions of other people, to deal kindly with them, even when sometimes it can be frustrating. Greed and a host of other sins can keep us from being gentle, and yet it is commanded of God that we treat others with gentleness and kindness, with a sweet disposition. I don't always do that. A lot of times I forget, and the old man starts to come out. Probably the people who know that best are my girls, my family. But I know that about them too, so we're even. (laughs) People who know you best know the real you. Are you really kind in general? And you know what? We're all going to fail at times. We certainly are because we're sinful people. We're prone to failure. But it's the people who know you best that know what you really are and who you really are. I'm hoping to not see any elbows at this moment. But if I do, I won't tell anybody, I promise. It'll be our secret. Look at James 3. James chapter 3. And I want you to look back at verse 13. James 3.13 says, Who is a wise man? It's a good question. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Well, here's how you know. Let him show out of a good conversation, that's a lifestyle, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. Don't be, don't be hey, that's just me, that's who I am, take it or leave it. No, no, no. If there's bitter envying and strife in your heart, don't glory in that. Don't wear that as a badge. Lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. That kind of behavior, that kind of attitude, that kind of thinking is strictly the flesh. In fact, it's more than just the flesh. It's of the devil. Don't glory in that. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. You know what? There's some strife going on uh, between some people, and there's some envy and strife there. 
the Bible tells us where envy and strife is, there's confusion. Confusion is not of God. God is not of a God of confusion. That's not of the Lord. And every evil work. But here's the contrast, verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above, how we ought to treat people uh, uh, that when we're controlled by the Spirit of God is, is this. It's pure, number one. Then it's peaceable, and it's gentle, and it's kind, and it's easy to be entreated. It's full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. It's not extended to some, but not others. Because the fruit of the Spirit is producing this in all of my relationships with people. Godly wisdom is pure. Godly wisdom is peaceable. Godly wisdom is kind. Let's talk about some of these. The word pure here is the Greek word that means innocent or clean. It's referencing word or deed. So it's innocent, it's clean in the words we say and the deeds that we do. God's wisdom is pure. The things we say, the things we do, it's innocent, it's clean. This deals with our motives. Our motives in word or deed should always be to glorify God and to build up others to whom we are speaking or whom we are dealing with. Our goal ought to be to glorify God and to benefit other people. Listen, we especially need to keep this in mind whenever we get into disagreements with people. Disagreements are going to happen. We're different people. We think different ways. We, we respond differently. Disagreements will happen with sinful people. However, we ought to keep in mind that the wisdom that is from above is pure. It's dealing with our motives. It's dealing with the words we say, the deeds that we do, and my heart to benefit somebody else rather than myself. Listen, it's easy, easy, easy to want to win an argument. Everybody does. It's very easy to want to win the argument. And you can be spot on right, absolutely true, absolutely right. They are absolutely wrong. But you can totally destroy the person that you're in a disagreement with by the demeanor that you approach them with. Is that of God? But I'm right! Boy, don't I feel good about myself. I was right. Right? Or we want to prove that we're right, not only to make ourselves feel good, but so that we look good. But we excuse our pride by telling ourselves that we're just contending for what is right. Hey, it's good to pursue goodness, but it also needs to be balanced and tempered with kindness. That's what the Spirit of God does. Amen? Been quiet in here. Peaceable. The word peaceable. It's the Greek word that means to pacify. It carries the idea of seeking after peace. Seeking after peace in relationships is not a minor theme in the Bible. The peace of God ought to rule 
in our hearts, the Word of God says. The peace of God should be the umpire, the thing that discerns, like the, the, the priority uh, to discern what was, what was right, what was wrong. Hey, peace, the peace of God ought to be the thing that oversees all of that. Wisdom that's from above is peaceable. Seeking peace in relationships. It's pure, but we also see that it's gentle. One commentary I read gave some insight into this. And it says, The man with this quality, the quality of gentleness, knows how to forgive when strict justice gives him a perfect right to condemn. He knows how to make allowances when not to stand upon his rights, and how to temper justice with mercy. That's really convicting, friend. It ought to be, anyway. Unless, I know, you're all spiritual, so. At least that's what Pastor Humphrey said this morning. But I don't know if you can believe him. (laughs) He knows how to forgive when strict justice gives him a perfect right to condemn. Yeah, but you, you didn't hear how he talked to me. You didn't hear the things that he said to me. He was absolutely wrong. And I was absolutely right. And if he won't apologize, well... You know what? I guess we don't need to have any kind of relationship. That's the wrong attitude. The attitude ought to be, I want the Lord to win. I want the Lord to have His way. I want peace for their good, for my good, for the church's good, for God's glory. To know how to make allowances when not to stand on your rights. To temper justice with mercy. That's what gentleness is and kindness. Not just showing some favor towards somebody that I really like. The real test is when there is no deserving of it. So we see that gentleness originates with God. Gentleness is commanded of God. Then thirdly, let's look at some areas where gentleness or kindness is required. What does gentleness do? Gentleness is not just a word. Rather, it's an action. Gentleness can be demonstrated in several different ways. Number one, it can be demonstrated in Forgiving others, which we just sort of talked about. What does Ephesians 4.32 say? And be ye kind, there it is, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We can be harsh. We can be unforgiving over offenses, especially in close and intimate relationships A lot of times people won't let offenses of the past go. I've been hurt. This was wrong. 
My feelings have been hurt. I'm damaged. They won't let offenses of the past go, and it affects every moment of the day or relationship after that. It requires some kindness in our relationships when it comes to the forgiveness of others. Most of the time when there's not a spirit of forgiveness, they, people are not thinking about all of the offenses that they cause other people. As if you're free from offensing, uh, offending other people. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath, hath forgiven you. You're, you're an offense to God! And He's forgiven you. So be kind. Be tenderhearted. Be forgiving. That's a fruit of the Spirit. It can be demonstrated in loving others. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, excuse me, 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the, what we call the love chapter. That just sounds weird, but I didn't make it up. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 says, Charity or love suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. What is real love? Well, real love is commitment, it's sacrifice, it's giving. But a demonstration of that is kindness. Real love is kindness towards others. Areas where gentleness is required in forgiving others, loving others. How about in our communication with other people, speaking to others? Go to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31 tells us of the character of what is described as the virtuous woman. Her character is unique. Proverbs 31, 26 says that she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She's one who, it's a law in her life to speak kindly to other people. Proverbs 31, again, describes the virtuous woman, and, she sa and it says of her that, that she opens her mouth with wisdom. In her tongue is the law of kindness. Hey, snide comments in jest, in good relationships, those can be fun. But you know what? That should not really be a mark of your character, that you're just a person who always, always has snide comments all the time. When you talk to somebody, you're in conversation with somebody, there's always a rip, there's always a put down, there's always some sort of snide comment, or, uh, or, or to be one who's known to be a retaliator, Firing back when you feel someone slighted you. Listen, those are not reflections of the Spirit of God in control. Because in her tongue is the law of kindness. Let the Word of God instruct us. All of us. Amen? What is gentleness? Scripturally, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. It's also a part of godly wisdom. 
We read in James 3.17 that the wisdom that's from above is first pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's easy to be entreated. Kindness displayed. Kindness displayed is a fruit from a spirit-filled life. Many can put on or play the part of gentleness from time to time, but eventually their true character shows. And people who know you best know what you really are. And if we would seek to live a spirit-filled life, then this godly quality of gentleness towards others would be displayed. And here's the deal. A whole lot of personal conflicts could be greatly minimized. Relationships would blossom and grow. And the best part, God is glorified and the devil does not get victory over you, or disrupt the work of God in this place. It's a big deal. It's not a little thing. It's not okay to be, well, that's just who I am. Here's my badge. Let's ask the Lord to help us, amen? To have a spirit of humility, number one. To receive instruction. And then to be willing to look and examine my heart and my life. Is this something that maybe the Spirit of God is not controlling, but He needs to and wants to about me? Okay, Lord, you're right. I submit, teach me, help me to be more like Christ. Amen? Let's be gentle, kind. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your instruction. And I pray that we would let it instruct us so that you would have victory in our life, that you would receive glory out of our life, that our relationships would flourish and blossom and grow. Others would be benefited and pointed toward Christ. And Lord, that we'd not operate in pride or selfishness, Father, that we would be yielded, the yielding of self-will to the Spirit's will. Bless your people. Thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen.